Are you ready to find the missing link in your wellness journey? Do you want to learn how specialized women-owned businesses can collectively help you achieve the goals you want for your mind, body, and soul? Hi, my name is Dr. Kelly Alhui, founder of Orthopelvic Physical Therapy, and Molly Atala, former teacher and manager of Orthopelvic. Together, we are on a mission to help women know that there is help for whatever their needs are. From cosmetic tattoo artists to naturopath doctors, we break down different methods and treatment that women may not know are available to them by drastically improving their quality of life. We believe that no one can achieve the results they desire going down one path with one practitioner. And that is why we come together to collaborate. This podcast is for all women, especially for those who want more information on improving their overall well-being and would like to learn about methods and treatment and care that they may be unaware of. So let us connect the pieces of the puzzle for you. While listening, you will learn about local female-run businesses and understand that when providers work together to have a collective approach, we can reach the best outcomes for you. Let's get into today's episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Collaborative Connections by Orthopelvic PT. Today, we have the wonderful Angie Klaus of Angie Klaus Photos and Film. I'm so excited for her to share with us kind of about her passion, about her services, about how she um, kind of expresses and how she kind of gives that gift to others artistically. So Angie, if you could just kind of introduce yourself, you know, who are you, what are you doing, what, you know, what started this passion, we'd love to hear it. Hi, Molly. Well, thanks so much. My name is Angie Klaus, and I am a wife and a mom of four. Um, I was a teacher before becoming a photographer, and about uh, 12 years ago, after the birth of my son, I became a photographer, and I, um, started as in portraits, um, just natural candid portraits. And then I developed a love for storytelling photography, also known as documentary photography. Um, yeah. And then I slowly navigated into, um, the world of birth, which we'll be talking more about. Phenomenal. Thank you. So, yeah. So you had the birth is, is your oldest son 12? Yes. Okay. So that was your first child, which kind of, you know, we've talked about with um, some people on the podcast before how that kind of can just, it changes everything. It just changes. And um, I know for me with teaching, um, I felt like I didn't have the bandwidth to kind of give back to my son. And it was like a really good time for a transition. So for you, um, I'm wondering kind of, since you do have kind of a broad breadth of services and you do have videography as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. Which is incredible. So kind of who, what are the, the main types of, you know, services you provide and people you serve? So I am a storyteller of human stories. So really any, any story centering around humans and connection and togetherness is my specialty. So, um, that could be families, um, couples, newborn maternity, even I even do brand stories. So um, small businesses will come to me and asking for a film to tell the story of maybe their history or the way mm-hmm. they 
came about. Um, and as well, I also do stock photography. So um, brands that are looking for authentic lifestyle imagery that really speaks to their audience. Um, that is another way that, you know, I create stories. Yeah. That's incredible. And yeah, I mean, um, definitely if you're unfamiliar with Angie's work, you need to check it out now. She's so incredibly talented. There's something, some of my friends have used her for birth and newborn photography, and it's just been such a beautiful experience for them. I know for myself, that's one of those things that I wish I had done through my birth. I feel like there's just so much that I don't really, I have access to through like my doula's notes, but I wish that I could have seen, um, kind of my strength during labor and like the ways that I coped with just how big it was. I know for me with having a child and having a home birth, there were so many times, even though I felt really prepared, my birth just felt bigger than me. And I'm really grateful for like the grainy, dark cell phone images that we do have from that very tucked in time. But I know like I was speaking to a family and they're okay with me using their name, but the Huffs yesterday, I mean, it was our midwives called it an epic birth. Um, And it was absolutely wild. And the storytelling that you captured for them was so impactful. I mean, how do you, and clearly there's, there's so many photographers out there. There's so many videographers out there. Um, and it's just not everything, not everyone's work is going to give you that human experience. And I think that's something that you zeroed in on that your work is very human and that that's not, that's not a generic word. Like you truly mean that you're capturing these kind of essential experiences. How do you do that? Like how, what is your process or what is it? Is it, uh, you know, like a, a creative lens that you're bringing to it? Is it a care that you have for your subjects? Like how, how do you do it, Angie? Cause your work truly is so stunning. Well, so from a personal perspective, I got into this work because I couldn't remember um, much from my first two births. Um, I had trouble processing. There were, my first birth was very long, 72 hours, very challenging. And when it came time in the postpartum to put the pieces together, I just didn't have any, any memory. I didn't have any recollection Mm -hmm. of what happened. It was, there was trauma. And so for me, that was as someone who values sentimental moments and memory keeping, it was just really hard to say, well, I didn't have anything from that. And how do I move forward, you know, to process everything. So I knew that I wanted a photographer for any subsequent births. And then when, when I did get pregnant with my third baby, I found a photographer friend to document it. At that time, birth photography wasn't, it wasn't well known. There weren't many people doing that. So, but she agreed to document it. And um, I'm really grateful, even though that birth went more smoothly, I'm really happy to have those photos. So just from the very beginning, knowing that the purpose of having birth imagery, that is always what what I come back to. It's, Mm. I take my job very seriously as not only creating something that's beautiful and that would inspire others, but I truly see it as a responsibility of being the keeper of memories that can help a new mother to process all of the vast emotions that accompany birth. I love birth because it is a pure form of documentary photography. There's no directing, there's no guiding or posing. It is just sheer vulnerability 
and the emotions that that happen that unfold during a birth are unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life, except when I was in that position. That is the only time that you will see that melting pot of emotions, you know, and there's only a baby is only born one time in its life. Mm. It's just, it's like a wedding, but it's even more significant and sacred. So it's just a really high honor to be able to tell the, the story of a baby's journey and of a parent, a mother's journey and of a father's journey. So I, I really value the privilege. I see it as an honor and a privilege. And I think when you approach your job from that perspective and you ca I capture the strength, like you mentioned, the connection, the support, and then the joy and the relief and the bond. Those are all mm -hmm. what I zero in on when I am with the family. And so I do all of that and I capture that in photos and films so that I hold on to it forever um, in a photograph, in her film, and she can relive it and she can process it and know on that day who was there with her, who connect, mm. who she could, you know, lean on, um, the strength that she dug down deep for, you know, the courage that she had, all of those things. And then just the innocence that she experienced again, meeting this new life that she grew. So it's really, if you, you know, go, coming at it from that angle and that lens of honoring it and recognizing it for its power, I think that's really um, what fuels me, mm. yeah. That's beautiful, Angie. And I mean, uh, people can't see, but I got really teary while Angie was describing all of that because it is, uh, it, she's so right that it is such a sacred time and that there is something so just magical about bringing your baby earthside and you've had your little buddy with you throughout this pregnancy, which is such a beautiful thing. And I loved, I just felt so secure during my pregnancy, like having just this sweet being with me all the time. And then you're right. There is the, the innocence of the mother being born as well. And the extreme vulnerability. Sometimes I feel like I felt aware that others were around me. Sometimes I was just completely off in my own labor world. And those were things that, um, and again, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I had a doula who took notes and that I was able to kind of go back and process that way. But the few images that we do have really did help me process my birth. And I know for me, I, you know, I had, I had a home birth. That was my goal. You know, that goal was realized. We didn't transfer or anything like that, but I still was left immediately afterwards wanting to kind of have a do-over and like wanting to be able to do it again and do, you know, quote unquote better because I do, I just, it did feel like I, how I described kind of where that birth felt bigger than me and something that did help me see that I was, that that wasn't the case. And that it is just kind of that universal bond tying you to, you know, every mother who's ever given birth, every mother who's giving birth, you know, kind of past, present and future of that, where you really are kind of just this small, this small part of this larger feminine fabric of the universe. And something that helped me process that were like the few images that I had. And you're so right that it's like this, it's this invaluable gift and being able to, and it's not just a gift, you know, clearly for the mother, she receives most immediately that gift. 
And then in the future, you know, that is also a gift to that child. It's a gift to the birth partner. You know, it's a gift to, you know, one day that child's children, <laughs> like having that, there's just nothing. It's just the gift that will forever keep on giving. Absolutely. Yes. It definitely is. Uh, it will continue on to be handed down from generation to generation. And those parents will see that experience. And also maybe they'll feel empowered. Maybe they'll feel mm. confident. They'll feel loved, you know, and it's just, it's, it's unique in that way. And um, it's also true that um, on a human level to have experienced those myself, you know, I've had, I've had the long births. I've had hospital mm. births. I've had an epidural and I've had hospital births without epidural and I've had water births. And um, so I think that knowing what many of my clients have gone through posterior babies as well mm -hmm. it helps me to be able to without projecting any of that it helps mm -hmm. me understand where they're coming from and to know what they might want to remember to remember about those moments you know what what might help them in the aftermath what they what they would want to cling to you know and and yeah I think that, yeah it definitely being a mother myself has really allowed me to be present in in my work mm. um, and have that lens um, which is has been so important i think that's such a huge breadth of empathy that you really bring to it which is incredible just having you know that big variety of births that you did and like you said not you know, not like transferring anything of yourself into it, but by being a mother and having been through those experiences, knowing what somebody is, would really want to hold on to afterwards. And then also knowing, I feel like becoming a mother now when someone is pregnant or when someone gives birth, I know the gravity of that. And there's just such, just a higher level of respect that I pay to it. Um, yeah. So you bringing that every time and knowing, yeah, baby is only born once. And it's like, I mean, for me, sometimes I wish, like, I wish I could relive Jamie's birth once a year, you know what I mean? Like, I wish I could celebrate it in that, like, it was just such a beautiful right. thing. And I'm not, it's like, I, yeah. for so long, um, I'm like, gosh, I'm not ready for another baby, but like, I could definitely do another pregnancy and I could do another birth because it's just such an incredible <laughs> yeah. thing. Right. But I'm sure a lot of people, so like you and like me, you know, did not have a photographer for their first birth and maybe listening to this and they're thinking about, you know, okay, this is something that could be incredibly impactful for me that I should, you know, that I'd like to look into for subsequent births. What did that feel like for you having had two undocumented births and then with your third child, having that documentation, um, how did you feel kind of towards those previous births, not having it and then having it with that? Were you able to kind of be at peace of you, you know, knew what you knew and now you know what you know, that is that kind of what you brought to it or how was that for you? Like, what might that look like for others going through that? Well, I think that is, you know, the story of a mother of many. Um, <laughs> my first children have, have benefited in ways that my second, my, my daughters haven't, you know, so mm -hmm. my, my boys, my first two children, they have their baby books are much more filled out. <laughs> they have a lot more I would say a lot more uh, baby photos as well. Um, I was always in their faces with cameras and, you know, so while I didn't have their births professionally documented, um, I do have, they have plenty um, to know that mom loves you and <laughs> you were there too. 
Um, whereas my girls, I did have photographers for them, but you know, their baby books aren't very filled out yep. <laughs> and there are big gaps in there in where I would have documented when they were younger. I was just tired because, you know, I had other children. So I just see it like that in, in all the ways, um, mm. you know, I'm a more relaxed parent now and calmer yet maybe at that time with my other two children, I had been a little more disciplined mm. or, um, you know, we had other abundances in our, in our lives. So I always just see it as you are where you are and, you know, it's kind of equitable parenting. I, I consider it. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. I'd love to chat too with you about collaboration. So I mentioned, you know, my, my doula playing like such a huge role in my birth and my midwives for you as, you know, a birth storyteller, as, you know, a photography storyteller, specifically kind of looking back at birth again, how do you collaborate with the other members of the birth team? Like, how do you view those relationships? Well, I have doula training myself, so I know, you know, the importance of support in a birth. And so whenever I'm with a midwife or a doula, I always just try to help their jobs. You know, I ask them what they need. I'm, I'm constantly supportive there, handing them items or asking if you need any food or hydration. Yeah. I feel like it's just a parent will benefit a mother particularly will benefit from a peaceful environment where everybody's where she can focus on her own needs because everybody is taken care of, you know? Mm. And, and so, um, I enjoy collaborating with midwives at births. Um, we're all invested in a healthy, happy birth experience. Mm. Um, so I lend a helping hand. I fill birth pools. Um, when there's no doula present, I do use light doula skills and, um, support my, my clients in that way. Um, so also I, I often will be um, an ear for a midwife or doula who needs to mm. process themselves after a birth, after a challenging birth. So as birth, you know, birth team colleagues, we kind of help each other out in that way. Um, we, I keep a lot of references for wellness practitioners, you know, mm. chiropractors, acup acupuncturists, hypnotherapists. And then I, um, you know, kind of will hold my birth colleagues accountable. Like, are we taking care of ourselves so that we can mm. do this job providing for other women? Because, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So kind of in multiple ways, um, I see it as a collaborative experience, this whole serving women in birth. Yeah. I love that symbiosis that you experience with the team. And then it's also a, you know, before, during and after partnership of making mm -hmm. sure that, you know, this mom is set up for success and making sure that her team is set up for success. Yeah. Right. I can't imagine, I can't imagine, you know, going through a birth and being worried that my birth team was tapped out. Mm -hmm. Um, like I just, there would be no energy to expend for that. And I know, I feel like I was so grateful with my, my midwife and the nurse who was there and my doula and everything, like everyone was, I know they were working hard and doing so much, but I never felt anything. Like I had that undisturbed environment. Um, and I remember ours, my labor was faster than expected for a first baby. It wasn't precipitous by any means, but it was like 14 hours and then like pushing kind of like transition was pretty fast. Mm -hmm. uh, and so my, our nurse got there as I was actually already, I already started pushing. Oh. Um, and 
my doula told me that when she started to enter the room and we were clearly really in a zone, um, that my midwife just held up her hand and kind of like, you know, like stop, don't enter knowing that when someone enters the birth space, it can disrupt that flow of oxytocin and can disrupt kind of that progress that you're making. And it's that like beautiful dance that you are a part of, of kind of making sure that everything is flowing. Like I compared my doula to kind of a prima ballerina where everything she was doing was so fluid and so graceful, but I know very hard, like where it was, she was, it was a laborious thing, but they, everyone kind of made it such a beautiful dance. Yeah. Absolutely. It all works together. And our main, when we all have your best interest in mind, you know, we we will naturally be supportive to that um, in whatever capacity we can. And it's, it exceeds whatever we're doing. You know, our Mm -hmm. job may not, we just wear many hats together to help a mother bring her baby into the world. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you, so your company, you have just gone through a rebrand. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Do you have any new offerings coming out? Are you pivoting in any way? Um, Did you just want new signage? (laughs) Tell us more. Well, it had been a minute since I had a new brand. It's been about seven years or so. So it was time. Um, I, I'm known to be a little, I lay low on, on social media and I don't, particularly pour into my web presence. I Most of my work comes from word of mouth and referrals from birth workers and the, just in the community. So I'm very fortunate to not to have to rely on, on traditional forms of marketing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was a long time coming. And actually this rebrand was a form of self-care for, for me. Mm. Um, I just felt like I wanted to clean out the closets and I wanted a new look. It's like a capsule wardrobe, you know, in a way. (laughs) Um, I wanted to simplify, but also just present myself and my work in the best way possible with um, an efficient website. That was ultimately Mm. what it was, was I wanted my my prospective clients to land on my website and know very quickly what it is that I do, Mm. how they can be supported, you know, find access my work um, and there's so much of it because like I mentioned I serve families and births and newborns I do a lot mm-hmm. um, in photos and video so it is a very um, you know there's a there is just a lot of information mm-hmm. so along with the new branding I also just launched a brand new website <laughs> yay so yeah I actually haven't officially announced it but it's live um, so that's really exciting it's um, angieklaus.com and it was a labor of love took months um, but we began last year and it wrapped up this spring um, but I think that also something so encompassing and dynamic it will always be a work in progress so it feels mm-hmm. like a complete home remodel but at the same time I'm still hanging photos and you know doing all the things because it just that's the way it feels when there is so much of you um, in that so no pivots, um, just a more streamlined, uh, mm. you know, experience viewing experience. Um, yeah. So really excited about that and just have updated work on there. Um, and yeah, really very proud to have taken care of myself in that way, you mm. know, and it was on the back burner for so long, but it just feels really nice to, you know, have my best foot forward out there and, be able to share some more recent work. So absolutely. That's incredible, Angie. I know. And then from, you know, building our website, um, orthopelvicpt.com, 
the amount that goes into that is just, I mean, it's, it's just a stunning amount of work and you have such an incredible volume of work. I mean, sifting through and streamlining, that is no small task, but I'm sure you feel in your soul, kind of like that, like that alignment of like, this is who I am. And I actually kind of am showing that to people that must feel wonderful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really, I'm so happy with it and excited to share it with everybody. I love that. And that's kind of a good piece of um, business advice for anybody listening, just that um, if you are feeling a little bit of dissonance between how you are presenting yourself and what you feel like your services are and your strengths are and everything like that, although it will not be an overnight thing and you shouldn't, you know, sacrifice family and sleep and things like that to get there, that is a really great priority that can help you feel, um, you know, more connected to your business and more connected to the people that you will serve. So that is definitely, um, you know, and we know how time consuming it is, but so, so worth it. And then Angie, thank you so much for this interview. This was such a, just a beautiful time of reflection. Can you tell us again, um, just kind of the main places we can find you. So angieklaus.com is going to be our big, beautiful new website. Um, and then where else can we find you? You can also find me on Instagram at angieklausphoto. Excellent. As well, yeah, as well as on Vimeo. And then my username is just angieklaus. So that has a lot of films, um, all kinds of films on there. Um, some of them are also living on my website, but because there is so much video, you can't have it all, you know, it's just content heavy and Certainly. kind of bogs down the site, but yep, that's where almost all my film films live. Phenomenal. And then um, just to kind of wrap up, tell us Angie, Angie Klaus of Amazing Digital Stakeholding. I mean, clearly you're Angie Klaus on Vimeo and the website, which is amazing, but who, tell us, you know, you're a celebrity to us. Who is your celebrity crush? <laughs> well, um, I guess it's not a crush in the sense that, you know, I want to go on a date with this person, but I am, <laughs> I really love music. Music is just really important in my life. Um, mm. So currently I'm crushing on Enrique, Enrique Iglesias um, oh, when wow. I edit and when I run and just kind of um, listening throughout the day, it kind of transports me. It's like I'm on vacation because it's, you know, music in Spanish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's, I just love it. My husband would laugh to, to hear that that's my crush right now. <laughs> I mean, but, if he's transporting you to another place, that sounds pretty yeah. phenomenal during an editing. Yeah. Editing is so tedious. Running can be really tedious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, to quote Enrique, baby, I like it. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for this. This was so wonderful. Um, and yeah, just everybody make sure you check out angieklaus.com, Angie Klaus photo. She is just a wonder. So I think everyone will really enjoy taking a look at her work and then small businesses on here too. You heard that she does some corporate branding and videography for that as well. So please turn to her with your needs. So thank you so much. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Thank you so much, Molly, for having me. And it was great talking to all of you. If you like this podcast, please download, share, and review so that we can continue to share our mission more widely and support even more women and women-owned businesses on their wellness journey and self-care journey. You can also find us at www.orthopelvicpt.com 
on Instagram and YouTube at OrthoPelvicPT and on TikTok at OrthoPelvicPT1. At OrthoPelvicPT, we are primarily pelvic health therapists that practice treating hip pain, low back pain, leakage, postpartum, pregnancy, pubic symphysis dysfunction, prolapse, tailbone pain, and the list goes on and on. Whether you are struggling with acute pain or chronic issues, we would love to chat with you and recommend the next steps of just giving us a call and we'd love to chat today. Thank you.